Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Kolker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Ramos, John Rojas talking New York City FC Major League Soccer, boys, we are very close to starting playoffs. Hello to everybody out there listening. And uh, if you're watching highlights of the Zoom call, Glenn will post them uh, periodically throughout the throughout the show. We always appreciate That's right. Glenn as, as, long as, uh, for us. as long as uh, I have something interesting to say, uh, I'll put <laughs> a clip up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> I keep getting text messages from Roberto. Hey, when are you going to put me up on one of those clips? Well, when did I ever do that, by the way? I'm just like, I look at myself on this thing, and I'm like horrified half the time. Are you kidding me? No. no. I'm, just, I, I'm, just, radio. Uh, I'm just following the lead of our commander-in-chief. I just say whatever. Well, <laughs> it's gotten us to this point, so let's, let's keep Great. it going. Well, All right. It's election day. We have to have some election humor, no? No, there, there's no humor with this. No, there's no humor. <laughs> don't get Roberto. Listen, don't, we don't go down the started, politics please. holes. No, we, we won't go too crazy on it, but I, I'm yeah. nervous. I, I will. Admit, I think we're all I nervous. nervous. Yeah, I think we're all nervous. I think we're uh, all nervous. Okay. All right. Well, let's focus on one thing that we're not nervous about and that we're happy about. New York City's last Great performance. Segue. Thank you. That's, that's why I drive the bus. That's right. Um, so New York City's last performance, Hudson River Derby. Uh, New York City with a big, emphatic 5-2 win, four first-half goals. A lot to unpack from this one, Glenn. Uh, we'll get John's thoughts on tactics and get Roberto's thoughts on the match. But, Glenn, let's start with you. Uh, four goals in the first half. Uh, the hat-trick for Valentin Castellanos. Was this a product of uh, New York City playing to their full potential? Was this just Maxi Morales having a few games back in the middle distributing? Uh, was this uh, a... Uh, credit to a poor performance by the Red Bulls that allowed for all these scoring opportunities for New York City. Uh, in your mind, what was you know was there one thing that stood out and that allowed New York City to to score the way they did in this match? Well, Tati Castellanos came into the game uh, with the most shots in MLS and only one goal in the run of play. You know, Diego Rossi is second in in shots taken, but you know he's he's the goal to boot leader. So you know he's he's converted. He's been efficient. Well, last night, Tati Castellanos took four shots on goal and three went in the back of the net. We know one was a penalty. but at, it, there, So there's a, there's a certain amount of efficiency there. And who does he get the delivery from? And, and I, I think uh, I said this, but it, it, I don't think it was, uh, you know, this uh, grandiose, uh, you know, remarkable statement uh, before Maxi came back full time. But Tati Castellanos needs Maxi Morales. And it was evident on that first goal. Uh, New York City doesn't have anyone that would play a ball like Maxi did to Tati for that uh, that opening goal 12 minutes in. But there were some um, defensive mishaps. The inability to clear the ball out of the back is what led to both Red Bull goals. And then you have it 2-2. Uh, Gary Mackay-Stevens scoring his first of the year. Uh, and he has 
he's been playing uh, more brightly, I think, in the last two or three matches. So, uh, and he's come close, and I think that's a big moment for him and the team. And uh, Alex Ring with the Galazzo uh, to open the second half, to, uh, and that's the, that's the eventual game winner. So, uh, Maxi Morales, if, if you're asking me what the biggest difference is, you, know, you go with efficiency, Castellanos, because he's been getting the shots. Uh, he converts last night, and then Maxi Morales, uh, um, another 90 minutes. And, uh, you know, I think uh, New York City will go as Maxi and Tati go the rest of the way. If they're going to get deep into the playoffs, those two players have to contribute. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, look, the, the team in, which had the best depth in the league is paper thin now, especially up front. And t- tell me that you didn't get scared when Tati went down in the box and it looked like he was really hurt and that uh, all of a sudden you're looking around and you're going like, there, there is no other number nine. So uh, I'm sure that New York City fans watching the game on TV or listening to our radio broadcast as we describe the, as we describe what was happening, uh, were a little bit apprehensive of what was going on. But uh, I'm glad that Tati got rewarded, you know, and he earned his rewards. It wasn't like somebody did this for him; he did it for himself, because he's been working his butt off. And yes, as you said, he's been leading the the league in shots uh, along with Rossi. And he hasn't been as efficient as Rossi. But he has been really playing very, very well. And he's made everybody else around him better. He's made everybody else around him be more effective because he draws so much attention. And maybe he's not finding the back of the net. Now he has been. And that's a huge difference. And that obviously is going to bode well for him and the team if he can continue to do this. But he's made everybody else uh, get more space and be able to to play better. So I'm happy for him. You're starting to see uh, his potential uh, come. I mean, great goals all around. Penalty was well taken. Everything else he did was uh, top shelf as well. So it, if he can continue, this it bodes well for New York City FC, without a doubt. And uh, when you have, you know, him playing at that level, Maxi being Maxi, then, you know, this is, this is a tough out. New York City is definitely a tough out. Johnny boy. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the invitation. <laughs> you're, you've great. been invited by, by joining the call. You don't need a special <laughs> invitation. You're not. All right, break it. Break it down. I got them, Tom. I got them, Tom. Yeah, you did. You did. I, was, I knew what you were doing. So I and I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree 100% with what Roberto said. There's no, the work rate of Tati Castellanos could never be questioned. I don't, hey, think he, I don't think he's played in a way this season where he's made people around him better. I don't, no, that's I don't agree with that. That's two different things. That's two different things. Yeah, no, I, I know. But I'm, I'm saying that's the part. You know, Roberto said he's, he's yeah. always making others look better, and I don't think that's always the case. No, no, no. That's, that's an attribute that you can throw out when you're talking about Maxi, for example. Yeah. Um, ever, sometimes, some games. Uh, but when it comes to Tati, uh, I agree totally in the rewarding part of it. I mean, he needed those goals. But even before the goal, he was the best player on the field. Or, yes, it was... He, it, it was I mean, you saw that that was the day, right? That he will get rewarded because, yes, the, the, the working rate can be put in question. And, and he worked that much that he needed those goals. And it's important for him for his confidence. 
But even though the days that he did not score, he worked this way all the way through. 90 yeah. minutes, 100 minutes, whatever it is. And in the second goal, you can see, and um, it's his assist, just because he's willing to put his body on the line. I mean, he opened his head so much trying to reach that ball to give that ball a little travel, right? That, 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 that's Tati. I mean, that is Tati Castellanos. He does whatever it takes to help the team. I think his it's, assist... I think his assist was as good as any of the three goals. Right. I mean, that was yeah. real. That so was really I, remarkable. I, I'm guessing that you guys didn't fully get what I said. And, maybe you uh, didn't explain it well. And maybe I did not explain myself clearly. But the attention that he draws because of the way that he plays opens up spaces and opportunities for others. And that's why he's, in, in other ways, he's making players better. No, because they're getting, he, they're getting get better opportunities. No, no. I, I feel that way. No, no, no because it's, it's, it's no way. Giving, I'm playing for you to have a space or opportunity doesn't make you better. It makes a space for you Chances for you, it doesn't make you better. All right, there's a there's some semantics involved with uh, what you're both saying, you. but uh, no, I, no, I think, more than no, 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 more than semantics is tactics of the game. Yeah, I I see what you're saying because Roberto, I, I I let me just see if I can not translates the wrong word, but Maxi. <laughs> now I do translation into English. Great, thank you. Maxi makes people around him better because of the way he can deliver. I mean, he'll, you know, if, if Gary Mackay Steven is left footed, Maxi Morales is going to, uh, you know, is going to deliver something softly to his left foot so he can fit it, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, you know, making, that's the kind of thing where you make the, the you're saying, the I think John said, cause you're, just because you work hard doesn't mean you're making other players better. We don't, I don't think anybody, the, I don't think anybody questions just, Tati's. But the attention rate. that he draws the attention that he draws and then what he does with the ball when he has it and, and, and gives it up or when because of the what he causes the other defense, you know, the other defenseman to do allows other players to have more space and yeah. to be able to create more and to be able to be yep. more themselves. He's a handful. Yeah, he's a handful. It. John, take us take us Next back. subject. Yeah, no. Yeah, exactly. Well, well, John, John sort of hit on tactics, but what worked so well for New York City was it, was it just Maxi? Was it as Glenn alluded to, and obviously you know the the key turnovers defensively by the Red Bulls, or did something else stand out to you in this match? I mean, this this is a lot of good stuff, but with a little you know putting the break a little bit here, you playing against Red Bulls, and you know there's a reason why Red Bulls is with an interim coach, right? With you're not playing the best team and not, not even on, on the conference, right? Right. It, it, it's a team full of players that have small amount of minutes together. It's a team that has uh, Romero Gamara coming back from international and almost leaving from international duty again. Same thing as Caceres. Um, so you're not playing your best opposition and that helps you. But... But it's a derby match. It's a derby match. Yeah, too, you know? it is that. But nah. I mean, honestly, they're just not as good. Yeah, they're, they're, their well, roster isn't as good as New York City's, even as limited as New York City's is with all the injuries. Okay, they're just not as good. No, correct. Yeah, but there's one thing that Roberto mentioned, and is 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 I agree totally because it's true. I mean, this eleven that New York City FC put out against Red Bulls 
can stand against anybody. The problem is what happens when you have an injury, what happens when you need, you know, more substitutions, other options. That's another thing. But this 11, in terms of the tactics that... John, you just froze. John, John froze. Uh, just let me say, uh, let me add on to this while John unfreezes because it's a little colder up in Boston than it is in uh, New York, New Jersey, and D.C. Um, it's a situation also that it's not, I don't think this is the best 11. The best 11 that New York City can put out will be against Chicago if Ismael Tejuri is there because he's an upgrade over Gary Mackay Steven. And I'm happy for Gary Mackay Steven to have had a solid game, to have gotten his first goal since August of last year against Vancouver. But the fact is that Ismael Tejuri Shradi is an upgrade over Gary Mackay Steven. However, you, uh, well, he, yeah. is in your, he is in your mind. It's just going to say that. But it's. Makai Steven uh, started numerous games ahead of Ismail Tajiri Shradi, even uh, even when Shradi. And remember, we we looked at it and and were were puzzled by it because Shradi was in form. Yes. Uh, he was a hundred percent fit, and uh, I think uh, what'll happen on November the eighth against Chicago if Shradi is is cleared to play, uh, you know, he'll be on the bench and he'll come in for thirty minutes. I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. Well, if uh, for that Steven, game, you understand if Makai that. Steven. If Mackay Steven puts in another good performance, you're not going to see Shradi in the starting eleven. And yeah, in fact, you're not. but but that's a nice weapon off the bench. They don't have a weapon. You know, Tony Rocha scored his first career goal, but he's not a weapon. No, <laughs> so, we get that. But I think, but your point, Glenn, and I, I and I was, I would agree with Roberto, and I think um, most fans and most uh, casual fans or, or fans who really know the team would say that Shradi is a much better scoring threat so you'd want to have him in the starting 11 but as you've alluded to we've seen time and time again that this is a, a Ronnie Dyla likes Gary Mackay Steven um, he, he likes to have him in there he trusts him and he's definitely not gonna not play him after he scores his first goal I mean the, the idea that he's gonna now put him on the bench it's because Shradi's ready to go I, I yeah there's no way he's gonna be in the starting lineup against Chicago even though I think most of us would agree that well, if you're well, talking about your best 11, you, Shradi would be in there ahead of him. Shradi scores a goal one in every three matches he plays, okay? Gary Mackay mm-hmm. Steven uh, scored his first goal of the season in his 21st match, and he now has two career goals in 33 matches, meaning he scores once every, what is that, 14? 16. 15 games? 16. So, okay, so, 16 and a half. Yeah, yeah but either way. Either way <laughs> it's, a lot. Uh, it's a lot more than one in three. You know, yeah, but that's, I mean, you know, he's got a million a... opportunities. There's no, there's no doubt that, that Ronnie obviously values him a lot more than Dome did, and uh, he puts him in the starting lineup a lot more than probably you and I would have had we been with the same situation. But he sees things in him that we don't, and uh, he continues going to him. And at the same time, you've got to give Ronnie credit because of the fact that he sees stuff in Medina that, that. Dome didn't and has understood how to use him or maybe he's given him better instructions and Medina has done a lot better that will um, that has allowed Medina to let me say this flourish this season well Medina has played back-to-back very good matches I think in my opinion which I can't I honestly this is my I don't recall two back-to-back complete games from Medina in the time that we've been watching him. So I think there's, um, 
there's something to be said for him uh, and giving him time to grow up and giving him a coach that uh, believes in him. And, you know, he's, he's another valuable player in their, uh, in their 11 and in their squad with this, uh, with all these attacking players down. So I, yeah, it was, the last two games were encouraging. I mean, that's, you know, and the Chicago game, you know, there's a, so the Wednesday game is somebody's just got to win, right? Is that, do I have this calculator, right? One of those Columbus is playing Orlando city. It's massive. Yeah. Somebody massive. needs to win between those two. And then if New York city beats Chicago and the team that loses Wednesday loses again on the weekend, then New York City can finish in the top four. I think I have that figured right. So let me ask you, let me tell you this as well, okay? So, uh, and John will, I'm sure, has this all mathematically figured out already. So if, if they well, we'll, tie, here. if they wind up tying on Wednesday and then losing on Sunday and New York City beat Chicago on Sunday, there's a three-way tie. And I don't know, uh, I guess the, br- the break on that tie is, what is it? Goal scored or goal uh, well, goal differential? Who, Roberto, who are you saying loses on Sunday? If uh, Columbus and Orlando both both tie lose on Wednesday and lose on Sunday, well, they have to. T- I mean, they would have right. to tie. They're playing each other. So they, if they tie on Wednesday and both lose on Sunday, and New York City beat Chicago, then there's a three-way tie for third, fourth, and fifth. And New well, York City cannot fall below fifth anymore. They can't be reached. Well, Columbus is home to or uh, Atlanta on a decision day, and Orlando is at home to Nashville. So I think the chance of both of them losing uh, that weekend are, well, I would, I would list it as slim. So goal differential, no, no, Columbus we... and Orlando are plus 15, and New York is plus 11. Yeah, the tiebreaker are number of wins, then goal differential. Then goals. So number of wins, New York and Columbus both have 11. At that point, New York City would have 12. If that scenario plays out, New York City would wind up with 12, and Columbus and Orlando would stay with 11 and 10. So no. New York City, if the first tiebreaker is wins, then New York City would wind up in third place under that scenario. So well, first – if there's a tie on Wednesday, it ain't happening. So somebody's got to win on Wednesday. I mean, mathematically, there's a chance, but right, uh, you need a winner on. You need a winner. Well, and Columbus, huge win against Philadelphia, and all of a sudden, Artur is a goal scoring machine, and Namath scores in the dying moments of that match to give them a big win. The so, first ball that he touched, Tom. Yeah, he was you're right. Out of the bench, and the first ball that he touched was the goal. But look at look at so Columbus has a backup for Zardis, you know, name it. Then he came in for Zardis, right? He scored a game winner after coming in for Zardis. I'm almost certain of that. Yeah. So, uh, and I, you know, you juxtapose that with New York City situation. There isn't anybody who comes in for Tate Castellanos. He goes down last night, grabs his left knee. Everybody's sweating it out. I'll tell you what. Anytime he or Maxi goes down the rest of the way, no matter how minor it might look. You know, everybody's going to hold their breath for a moment. Yeah, yeah that, 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 was exactly, that was exactly my point. I mean, that 11, the New York City SC put out and, and you know, beat the way they beat uh, Red Bulls. Is, it's an 11 they can face anybody on the league. The problem is when you have an injury, when you need to do substitutions yeah. and, and change a little bit of things, right, well, you kind of tie. But 
Tom, just one little thing because, I mean, we all know and we agree that they're, they don't have enough amount of players, right? But it's on the right. coach too to get the players that he has, the minutes and the experience in order to get them ready for when they, when they need him, right? But if you have a player that you barely give the minutes, you cannot ask that player to come in and impact the game when the game is meaningful. Yeah. And we're talking about Acevedo, I see. No, everybody, everybody. That's, that's the work of the coach. You need to have your bench players as good as your starter 11 because at the end of the day, the players that are going to help you to resolve the hard situations are the ones on the bench. Yeah. So well, while, while, while you got disconnected there for a second, uh, we talked about that, uh, that uh, Ismael Tajiri Shradi would probably return on Sunday, and so that gives them an extra weapon off the bench offensively. But, I mean, the, the other changes that he makes, I mean, he makes them very, very late. The only change that he normally brings in earlier is uh, Goody Thorarenson. Everybody else comes in, you know, the last two, three minutes of the game, and that's about it. So to your point, I agree. I mean, I think he's got to give but, these guys a little bit more minutes. Yeah, I totally, want to see more of us. But, it's, uh, but, it's, but not, it's, it's less of a factor now. It's over, guys. You mm -hmm. have one game a week now, and that's not a factor anymore. I mean, if somebody goes down injured, I, I understand what you're saying. If somebody goes down injured, you want that right. next player to come in and be ready to play. But as far as the, um, the fitness and conditioning aspect of this, you know, I think uh, you know, it's less of a factor now. And that's the other thing with Tajiri Shradi. I mean, nobody knows – how bad or good he has been during these days in his quarantine. I mean, was yeah. he totally, absolutely um, asymptomatic and he could work every single day? Or did he have some symptoms and because of that, rest and wait and see, you know? So you don't even know. And then comes the, no the game chart nets, which is totally different. And one other point I wanted to ask and get your guys' thoughts on um, in terms of New York City's overall performance, uh, we – We know that the team is great when Sands is available, and we know he potentially maybe could possibly return at some point in the playoffs, but unlikely. But one thing that has allowed – one thing that's sort of been the, the effect of that is we know that Ring's back in the middle. Number one, um, and Glenn, I'll start with you. How do you, how do you think he has played alongside Parks, and is the team overall just – Is it, is it a better 11 with Ring back in his natural position playing alongside Parks? Because we know that, you know, Maxi back where Maxi is in the middle and does his thing is great, and that's certainly a, been a benefit for Castellanos. But is New York City just an overall better 11 with Ring back in the middle? Yes. Next. Wow. No, uh, <laughs> Thank yep. you very much for your analysis. <laughs> I, I, I feel so much more enlightened at this point. Thank you very much. I think part of what you do – look, Ring was sacrificed because Ronnie Dyla thought that the Parks-Sands combination was inseparable in the midfield, okay? So that's, that's why you saw Ring at the 10 sometimes. That's why you saw Ring on the wing. Uh, he, was, he was essentially sacrificed to move from the position he's most comfortable with and, you know, arguably his, his best spot out of the 11 on the field – Uh, because of the Sands-Parks combination, which I think we'd all agree was, uh, was developing nicely. Uh, so, but then, you know, then you take the next step of this. Ring is uh, dramatically uh, performing at a, at a more comfortable, uh, impactful level now. I know he scored some goals while he was out there, uh, but he led the league. He, he's, he still leads the league, as far as I know, in offsides because he's just not used to being out there. 
and the number of times, you know, he just didn't have the, he didn't have the, you know, the experience to time the runs and things like that. So uh, it, it was odd. It worked at times because he's a very good soccer player. I mean, he's a good soccer player, man. You know, if you're a soccer player, you can, if, you know, move a good soccer player to fullback and they'll, they'll figure it out and they'll play well, you know, they'll get some things done, but where's the guy most helpful? Uh, I know I said yes and did not elaborate, so I elaborated a little, but yes, as emphatic a yes as I can, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we waste the last five minutes. Yeah. After that, the was two, that was two minutes. <laughs> I timed it. And you had the time. Where's your, where's your hourglass or your timer? Your little, there it is, your sand yeah, glass. It it's the Roberto shot clock. It's all yeah, exactly. Roberto, exactly. <laughs> well, you can turn it over for me if you want to, but. I don't want but to. But no. But look at Ring. But look at Ring. He's still look. And how about the goal last night? You, anybody watching him play now, you could just see he's more comfortable. And that goal's an example. How many times has he had a shot like that this year? And it with his left foot, it shanked wide left, or just you know. And you also have to give somebody credit for training and training more and training more and getting better at their trade. But uh, I just think he's just so much more comfortable. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you, you, you dream of hitting a ball that well and putting it right underneath the crossbar for a goal. You dream of that shot. And uh, that was just absolutely spectacular because there's nothing that Ryan Mira could have done to stop that one. It was just such a well-placed, hard hit. Uh, you know, that, that is goal of the week material. Well, my uh, analyst last night, uh, Matty Lawrence, who uh, Tom works with as well, uh, would disagree with you about how Mar there was Mar could do nothing about it. His positioning was just go back and see where he was off the line based on where the shot was. And I'm not saying it wasn't a near perfect shot. I'm not saying Mar would uh, make the save if he were positioned a little bit more properly. I'm just saying to say it was impossible to save is, in our thoughts, were was incorrect. Yeah, what, okay. what there's a factor in is the distance. When you're the goalkeeper and you have a shot that distance, you had a chance to see it. And this wasn't a bending shot. It was a straight. So there may be a factor for the keeper to do something else if they're in a you know, well-positioned spot. So right, I'll go not back to the, the goal. I would no. go... Uh, not take it away from the goal. No, nothing, I'd like to make nothing. it clear. We're not yeah. taking it away from the goal. That was well, Glenn, no. Um, the, no, no, the headline from this podcast are. is Glenn says rings goal average. Yeah, exactly. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't want Ring beat me up. I was uh, somewhat critical of Sean Johnson on my recent Sirius XMFC show. Just uh, I, I had a goalkeeper coach on, and I said, "What do you th who who watched Sean Johnson?" I said, "What do you think?" I said, "This guy is spectacular. He he is he keeps his team in games." Uh, there's I have only one um, uh, criticism, and that's the number of shots where rebounds come out in front of the goal, and it it's happened quite often with him and. You know, I just – and my question to the keeper coach at, at the time, do, do keepers train that? I mean, do you train to push it away? And, you know, he said yes. You know, it's something that we work on a lot. And, and you know, I'm sure uh, Rob V is, you know, he's one of the best around. And, and you know, look, I, I'm not looking to – What's a fair criticism? On Johnson. I'm just saying there's – all What I do – and, you know, you hear it in the podcast and, you know, if you know me over the years, you know – I, I coach. I, I, I'm looking at things and how can we make it better? All, it's always about how can you make it better? And it's constructive. And I've always used the phrase, me no offense, take no offense. So if this gets back to Sean Johnson, me no offense, take no offense. Alex Ring, me no offense, take no offense. You guys are brilliant. 
and the team would not be in the position where they were to win the Eastern Conference last year or right now poised to do whatever may happen without those two guys playing the way they do. But make, you, there's always ways to you know, make it a little better. Thank you. <laughs> Have I saved my life? Well, well to play, yeah. We'll find I out. Mean, the thing is we'll that- find out. You're lucky that the game against Chicago, you're broadcasting it from your basement, and that is fortified. The thing is yeah. that to praise the players, they have the PR department. Well, yeah, exactly. That's what they're for. Well, hey, let's talk about that, that next matchup, guys. Uh, John Rojas, you follow Chicago very closely. This is a team that's fighting for their playoff lives. They're right now last man in. So you know that they're going to bring everything they have in order to try and secure a playoff spot. Oh, no, totally. The, I mean, the good thing here is for them is um, – they are in a real good process. I mean, they showing how are they growing under under BK. I mean, they're taking the idea. They are very, they are they're being very very uh, compact. They're working uh, on a really good way of playing. I mean, uh, he, the addition of Jimenez has been very important for them. I think that is one of the players that makes people around him better. And, and you can see now into fruition what Medran and Aliceda are, you know, coming to the league to be. I mean, players that are uh, tactical intelligent, that are good with the ball on their feet, that create chances, they manage tempo. Um, I like a lot what uh, Beric is doing out there. It's a really tough four, a real number nine that holds the Two center backs, but it's good he's with the He's a real feet. nine, man. Yeah, yes, he's, like he's a, a real old number nine. school, real number nine. He's yeah. small the ball. But he has one element, Glenn, and it's his feet. I mean, he's good with the ball on his feet. I mean, he, he can, you know, uh, give and go. He's good with the give and goes. He's not just one big guy that fights yeah. against the two center backs and, and headed the ball in. I mean, he's good with the, with the feet, and that's important. Uh, and Navarro, the, the left back, is... I mean, he's young, so he's having ups and downs, but he's a really good player. So it's a really interesting uh, squad. Uh, you can say that uh, a little bit of the weakness will be their captain, Calvo, not because he's a bad player. He's a really good center back, but you can get into his head really quick. And that, still? Yeah, still. still get, of no. course. Of course. You don't lose, you don't lose hot-headedness very quickly. Uh Sometimes you reach an age where you you know you settle down and and calm oh, you get down, worse. You know. <laughs> yeah, you get worse That's actually. True. Well, no, then there's another age where you get worse. You know, like <laughs> well, I, I'm approaching that age. I think. <laughs> right. I think you're there. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, so, Calvo, my lawn. They uh, Chicago really got uh, you know a, a, a bad break when when Calvo was red carded in the uh, Philadelphia Union match, and then it's rescinded. And I, I'm always um, intrigued by the fact that it gets overruled into the week when we have VAR and they can sit there and look at it and they can't make the decision there. So look, so Chicago could have well earned at least a point in that game against Philadelphia. They played well. Totally. And yeah, and don't forget no. they have a midweek game against Minnesota. Is that still on? Is that, ga- that game still on? Because Minnesota yeah, was, uh, game on the weekend was, was Right. I mean, so far. Right? So far. So far, this is scheduled. This is the time of this Minnesota podcast. had a uh, Minnesota. They had multiple scheduled. COVID positives. Yeah. Um, yes. So those guys are going to have to test negative for the. Well, I, I'm sure it'll. We'll hear about oh, it at some point. 
Well, um, the playoffs don't start until the 21st, so they got a lot of time to get over it and not get new cases. So even if they don't no, no, play but we're on we're talking about the game on Wednesday. Yeah, the, the game on Wednesday is important because Chicago right. will have, uh, you know, a lot less recovery time if they have to play a Wednesday match. New York City resting, preparing for one team. Chicago can't even look at New York City yet as far as the preparation. Plus the and, travel because they yeah, play in Minnesota if they play the game. Yep, and, uh, and they're winless on the road, Chicago. So it's good you know, for them being at Soldier Field against New York City FC is positive. And uh, Bobby Shuttleworth in goal. I always find that interesting because I, I he's been around the league a long time. I always remember Tony Miola, when, when he played for New England, Tony Miola said he was the best keeper in the league. Uh, he just said he thought he was technical. and you know, He did all the things that you want from a keeper. Leader, organizes the back line. So he just thought he was the best overall keeper in the league. Now, I can't remember when he played for New England. I was a... Four or five years ago, right? Yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah. So, I could you know, they got a veteran, a good veteran keeper and a leader in front of that group. Uh, Bornstein comes off the bench if Navarro starts or Bornstein starts. They've got, a, they've got an interesting team, John, and they've got a, yeah. they've got a real striker. I mean, that dude can – he can score goals. Yes, and, and, and they have a lot – I mean, they, they have a, uh, Fabian Herbs is, is a really good – midfielder he does really good work he comes from the bench sometimes he starts but he's mainly from the bench and and uh but you see the bench is is a bench that give you options in in different lines and 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 it's interesting for them to have that i mean uh, it took a while to blend that team of course it is it's a franchise that is uh i wouldn't say on the constructions of course because it's, it's one of the you know traditionals one of the the first franchises in the league, but this is a team with new ownership, with new front office, uh, coaching staff is totally new. Sporting director, every, uh, academy, academy. Nine or academy. ten players. So it's, it's interesting. What they're doing is very interesting. Well, they, Rafael Vicky uh, had a difficult time as a U-17 coach for U.S. soccer. So, uh, yep. you know, you never know why those things are a club coach versus a national team coach. They're different environments. So uh, I don't know if there's a grade there. Why do you follow Chicago so closely, John? I, I heard Tom say that. Why is that? No, it's just because, uh, after, I, I mean, I, I did it all through Pauno. No, no. Yeah. I knew uh, you like process. Pauno, yeah. 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 And then when Pauno left, uh, you know, it's, it's always that intrigue. Like what are they going to do now? Because, that was the coach that can give you a real process for five, six, seven years. Right. So what are they doing now? And, and at the beginning, to be honest, I thought like, wiki? I mean, for yeah, real? I agree. You know, I mean, about, you know, you have the whole amount of names that you can have and you have wiki. But listen, the guy's doing a really good job and I'm hearing his real, 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 um, uh, tactician and he studies the the the, the game and, and the opposition and, and is not only you know a, a good uh, person and manager and motivator he's really into the game itself and you can see it I mean all of a sudden through the through the games they're blending the system and they're playing better and and he's taking and 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 making those players show the best of them especially I mean there's some I mean Mihailovic is still ups and downs, for example, no, Georgie, you want him to do better right now. I mean, because we're waiting for him already. I know he's 21, but, and he had an injury, but we, we expecting a lot from him. 
And yeah, because at 18, he was like featuring on the U.S. national team and he was the right. upcoming young player. Right. But like I said, I mean, he got Medran and Medran is showing it. Alicea is showing it right now. Navarro is showing it right now. Jimenez, of course, a good addition. They have uh, Pineda is, is, I know he's 23, but he is from the club. He is, you know, he, his career, his process is being there. His brother is around. So it's a real interesting process. See, I, I thought that Pano got a raw deal by being the fall guy for whatever ailed that club and they didn't succeed. And I thought he was the fall guy for that. And I, I wasn't happy to see him go. At the same time, guys landed really, really well. So now, I mean, he's Reading is in first place in the championship. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I know it's early, mind you, but uh, they're playing very, very well there. And if things continue the way they are, he's going to be an EPL manager next year. Well, you don't know. That's I mean, it's one crazy. of the hardest, longest, toughest, strange tournaments to play in. I'm talking the yes. championship. Yeah, absolutely. What do they play? 38 games and then 38, playing games yeah. and all that? Yeah. But it's, I mean, what he is doing is really interesting. I mean, they're, they, they're playing a brand, they're bringing a style, and they are getting results. He's top of the table right now, so. And, John's and also my, all around them. John's also my go-to guy for championship teams. Basically, any time I have a question about anybody other than New York City, John's the expert. I think for all of us, because he follows. Oh, without a doubt, he follows. He follows. He's credit to you, John Rojas, for Thank absolutely. You. Don't ask me about Bielsa today. It was a really tough day today. Oh, I didn't even know they play. The Leeds played. Did they lose? Yeah, they lost three to one. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, what did Jack do? Uh, I mean, the whole team was just not in their best day, with a few absence, of course. You know, you know, the, the thing about the way uh, Bielsa plays and trains his teams to play. And, and I, I, I think, uh, look, I'm not comparing the Red Bulls to Leeds and I'm not uh, comparing the Red Bulls system to uh, Bielsa. Just listen to me. But it's predicated on uh, arriving places early, not arriving late. So if you don't have if you don't have players that are synced and that's what happens sometimes uh, in certain systems, you know, you can get, you can get threaded and, you know, give up things that you might not normally. So I, I didn't see the game today. I'm just saying <clears throat> if you don't have your entire group um, defending in particular in the same, you know, on the same page and, and together, then, uh, you know, you leave yourself vulnerable, a lot, which is why they have high scoring games too. But uh, you know, it's just uh, those are kinds of things can happen. You One can, piece of the puzzle that is not dead and the puzzle is not complete. That's what happened with them. One of the players that is not, you know, doing what they're supposed to, or they're late on the roll, on their, or even early on their roll, the whole thing is, is starting to not crumble, but it's harder for the rest. Mm. And then you need everybody in top form. I'm not saying sure. on the game. But physically, you have to be on top form, period. Otherwise, you cannot play with them. Well, well speaking I got a uh, speaking of Reading, if I could just throw in a quick uh, plug, I got uh, Matt Miazga I spoke with for almost two hours today. And uh, he, had a brief, a long uh, time. he had a brief championship run. Uh, he's been with six professional clubs. But I'll get to that later. But he, uh, it's, it was a really interesting chat. But I think from a Derby standpoint, <laughs> that uh, does everybody remember – uh, Miazga scored his first professional goal 
in the first derby at Yankee Stadium. Yes. yes. And he uh, he feigned Why? he feigned like he was swinging a baseball bat. So he told that story, but he told a story I didn't know this entire story. And I think he said, you know, it wasn't really maybe told before. But he said they had it this they had this whole thing planned, you know, before the game that whoever scored the goal, it was going to be Felipe was going to go to the pitcher's mound and throw a fake pitch, and whoever scored the goal was going to be in the batter's box and then take a swing. So he and Felipe, I didn't go back and look at the film, but he and Felipe apparently, you know, and the way Miazga was describing it, he goes, he was so exhausted. He didn't even want to go, but he went over there with Felipe, and then he started yelling at Felipe, you're supposed to go to the pitcher's mound. And Felipe just did a, he did a swing too, but the only swing that was saw a scene was Miazga's because he scored the goal. And, uh, yeah, so uh, a number of those kinds of stories, which uh, which is pretty fun, including working with Vincent Company now at uh, at Anderlecht. I mean, my goodness. But anyway, well, a little bit of payback last night from the boys in blue. <laughs> well, let's That's let's right. continue on the international stage, Glenn. I know you want to from talk Champions League. I'm sorry. I said let's continue the international talk. Uh, I know you want to touch on Champions League. Well, I mean, it's. There was no. Uh, we've got the word. Uh, it was today, right? Monday. Yeah. Yeah. That um, it's happening. Uh, games are going to be played before the end of the year. I mean, the whole thing's going to be done by before the end of the year. And uh, New York City will play Tigres at a. And then I'll I'll turn this over to John at a. Uh, what, what was the the press release? Uh, the the quote was uh, at a place somewhere in a centralized location in the United States of America on December 15th or 16th, down 1-0 on aggregate. So they're playing so, Nebraska, John, where are they playing? I was going to yeah. say Kansas is about as central yeah, central. As I mean, get. if you're going to go central. You go to Kansas. <laughs> How could it be in Orlando, John? Because that's what you said on your, on your Twitter. Well, yeah, that's what it's going to be. I, that's, I think, I mean, I trust my sources, and what I heard today is that uh, the rest of the tournament uh, – I don't know if I say tournament or the rest of the tournament or it the games that are yeah. left on the tournament. No, because it's just a few games. It's the last part of the tournament. Right. It's but, a knockout uh, stage, but yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be played there. It's going to play in Orlando. And it's going to be... At Disney? On, At where, where MLS was? Uh, yes. They're trying to figure it out, location, but I think that's the most... I mean, there's a central place in Orlando that you can have all those, you know, matches quickly and... and so why didn't they say Central together? Florida? They should have said Central Florida. Right. Not well, central, well, not centralized in the well, USA. Well, because Houston, I think, right. was in play as well. Houston was one of the places that they were saying there was a possibility of it being. It's centralized if you take into consideration the CONCACAF headquarters. <laughs> yes. If you, well, it's centralized if you consider the north and south of Florida. It's extremely. Or you central. consider Concacaf as a whole. Concacaf's in Miami, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So nice, they nice moved from New York to nice Miami. <laughs> exactly. They used to be in Trump Tower. Correct. So, anyways, um, another political reference, Roberto. We said no, we no, no. It that. just happens. It just happened to be there. I, I've been to several meetings there. It's the name of the building, right, Roberto? It just happens to be the name of the building. By the time this airs, there'll still be time to vote, so please vote. Okay, yes, go ahead, John. please, everybody yeah. vote. If you, didn't, you didn't do it earlier. Look at Tom. Doesn't he look like one of those politicians that gets interviewed on MSNBC or Fox or, or something? Oh, I know, totally. I mean, if you like have his, uh... Tom with that frame <laughs> behind him, he's... I'm going to go put on my suit again. 
Look, I take it off. I thought this was casual. I'm gonna throw it back on real quick. <laughs> He's a character of House of Cards at 9 p.m. Yeah. That's right. So going back to the tournament a little bit. So the 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 series that already started, like America, Atlanta, Tigres, uh, New York City FC, those series continue with the goals already scored. So Atlanta, I think, is down three zip. New York City's down one zip. But one of the series didn't start. I think that was LAFC. LAFC Cruz Azul. LAFC Cruz Azul. So that's going to be just a one goal. That's going to be a one game knockout. One game, yes. And right. then for the for the other series. The games that are played in Orlando will be considered the home games right. of the team the second that, didn't leg. Host, that, that didn't host the first leg. Correct. So Tigres will have a home game against New York City in Orlando. Is there Correct. any advantage to being the home team at a neutral site? Is there anything? Do they Is get that, to pick their locker room or what? I mean, no, what, it's actually advantage for the visited team. Yeah. It's a because big, uh, the away uh, goal is, is a factor. Yes. Right. I mean, playing in El Volcan with 45,000 people that fill that stadium and that yeah. place is rocking. It's a totally different thing than... That's playing, amazing. You know, so if New York City in, scores... In Orlando. If New York City scores and makes a 1-1, one, one, City... Uh, it then, or, New York City goes through. Huh? New York City goes through. No, no, if they make a 1-1. One, one, no, if the New York City no, the, scores one goal... No, Tijuana scored one on the road. So if... if um, Tigres. Tigres. So what's the... the uh, yeah, Tigres. So New York City needs to win. Needs to but, win. Like if it's 2-2. Two, two. Just needs to win. New York City just needs to win. If they win one nothing, they go to penalty kicks. If they win by any other score, they're in. That's it. Or as only it goes to penalty kicks. I just want to make it clear. If it's 2-2 two, two the final, though, New York City would advance because they'd have two road goals. Correct. One road yes. goal. For yes. Okay. Correct. All right. Any wow. That's 2-2. Two, two. global. But, but make sure people understand that's global, not 2-2, two, two, because then it would just be a tie and New York City would be out. Yeah, aggregate. Yeah, aggregate. Aggregate 2-2. Yes. yes. Any score above 1-1, one, one, New York City, on aggregate, New York City advances if it's uh, tied. Right. Well, they have more and it's penalty kicks after 90 minutes. Yes. So Tigris, you, uh, so Tigris, their goalkeeper, yeah, I, don't, I don't know the club well, so I, I think, uh, John and Roberto, you follow this a little more closely, but I read up uh, Nahuel Guzman. Guzman. Nahuel, yes. Nahuel. He's been tested... Uh, positive for COVID on five occasions since the uh, pandemic hit. The latest was in Ouch. September. So I don't know what, I don't, I, I don't know if he's playing. I don't know what, but um, they, their most recent matches, they lost three, one to America, uh, but they were unbeaten in their previous seven. And they sit in uh, sixth place at the table through what, 11 matches or something. So, you know, they're not in massively great form, but of course, uh, the CONCACAF game is not going to be played for a while. But they're not going to be playing till December. Yeah, but still, it's about you know, it's about where you're at. I'm giving you the I'm giving you the time so right now. He has now. a chance. New to, York City to... <laughs> three weeks ago didn't win in three games. Right. What does you that mean? Your, you made a point. I agree. It was a it was a ridiculous statement by me. But aren't you glad for the little Tigris <laughs> update? Well, thank you very much. So glad you're saying he has a chance to get to test positive five more times between now and whenever they yes, play. Well, I, I suppose he does. <laughs> Meanwhile, test- my team in Mexico, Necaxa, the team that I grew up with, has now qualified for the play-in to the playoffs because uh, they beat Toluca the other night 3-2. to two. Do you have the jersey? I do. Well, let's hear it. I've got uh, two Nicaxa jerseys, very old ones. I have the ones when they oh, were champions about ask, like 18, with what? Aguinaga and Ivo Vasai. Okay. That, that, those Chileno teams. Ivo Vasai. Y el ecuatoriano Aguinaga. Yes. 
That's the greatest history of the Mexican teams. Hey, real quick, guys, let's let's talk about these Wednesday matchups. Obviously, the one that New York City is going to have their eye on is a massive one, as we alluded to earlier, Orlando hosting Columbus. Uh, we'll also keep an eye on Minnesota-Chicago to see if that game is indeed played and how Chicago looks. Nashville, they're in the playoffs. They will be hosting FC Dallas and Portland right now. John Rojas, uh, by the skin of their teeth, in first place in the Western Conference as they host Colorado. And they have the chance, uh, Tom, I mean, they mathematically, they'll still have the chance to uh, make the first uh, and get, I'm just trying to word this because. Well, the, but can I, win, can I clarify the something? Shield. What? Yeah, Go ahead. The supporter shield is points per game, but each conference has a different uh, way they're calculating the, the, the one through whatever. In the East, it's points. In the West, it's points per game because of Colorado's situation. But for the overall supporter shield, it's points per game, right? Because of the situation in the West? I think mm. I'm right. No. I think it's points. Points. How can you do that? But anyway, it doesn't matter because Portland's got 38 and Philadelphia and Toronto have 44. Yeah, no, it's basically, it's not going to get out of Philadelphia and Toronto. Right. But, but mathematically, Columbus and Portland had the chance to get there. Now, well, so would- it's not about, it's not, a, what I'm trying to work here is that it's not about the supporter shield. It's about being first, right? Having your home adventures, getting the bonus, and being, uh, getting the spot in the Conca Champions. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We should also say yes. the other key matchup uh, in terms of Western Conference, Seattle, who's right in the mix of things in the West, hosting the Galaxy. Let's talk Galaxy for a second. Uh, anybody surprised that Scaloto let go after that game against Portland Timbers, John Rojas? I was surprised of the timing just because it's, you know, three games before the end of the regular season. And if you see... I asked this to Dennis DeClose, and he didn't want to answer, to be honest. But And it's fine. I mean, he doesn't want to answer. It's okay. But if you see the press release, Guillermo Barros Esqueloto was relieved of his duties, right? And if he had a contract, and the contract ends in December 2021, and he's relieved from his duties, that means it's not a mutual agreement. Right? right? So so Galaxy is tied up to some part of that contract, whatever the, the clause on the contract right. says. Right? Oh, yeah, they've got to pay him. Oh, they've got to right? pay him through the end of 2021. Or, or, or maybe they the contract had a clause. Maybe the contract had a, an item saying, you know, in the case of unilateral, then the, money is, the amount of money is this one. Because remember, it's not only Guillermo. It's Guillermo, his twin brother, is the, the, the physical trainer, Valde Cantos, right. is another assistant, is the, co- the goalkeeper coach. So it's six people who came on with, with that deal. So if you see, all right, it's three games left. Why are we going to get rid of these guys? I mean, you know, let's finish the season, try to get into an agreement. We don't want to spend that much money paying them out, right? And now what, we, what they did is they throw everything at poor Dominic Kinnear. He's doing everything as a solo band because he has nobody around. Well, he's using people like from the academy and things like that. I mean, that's what, they, that, that's what they're using. They say they're going to call up people from the academy to help him. 
That's what they. But doesn't on training, yes, but on game yeah. days he can't. Well, but uh, he's you a big boy; he can handle it. He's a big boy; he can handle it. But you just can't. Time. You can't bring just anybody up from the academy because of all the no. uh, protocols and quarantine. Like New right. York City, for instance, wouldn't be able to bring up their U15 coach because he's got hey, a. Hey, I don't. I don't know how they're testing over there because because everybody plays in the same area. Maybe what winds up happening is that everybody winds up with the same level of testing. Because they're all using no, they, no, Dignity the Sports Park. What now? The, 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 their academy where, where they train. They train in Dignity Sports Park as well. Oh, I'm, I, I, was, I was thinking New York City FC. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. And yeah. so, I mean, they, they might have the same protocols for everybody. Well, he's got his, uh, uh, I think it was the, whoever, uh, the technical directors with him. But he, I, I ran a clip on Twitter. Uh, and it was pretty funny because he just said, like, uh, you know, if any of you out there listening are quarantined, you can – you can come in and sit on the bench next to me because I don't have everybody else. Right. <laughs> so, you're uh, tested. You're tested in quarantine. Yeah. You, yeah. You tested in quarantine. Company, you, you can make me company on the bench. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> hey, the, so. The other, the other thing, though, is looking at it from the Galaxy's point of view and Teclos's point of view, maybe, is that they still feel that they have a chance to make the playoffs and the way the team was playing, that they weren't going to get into the playoffs. And look, once you get into the playoffs, it's a knockout. You know, anything can happen. And so if you still have a chance to go and get silverware, you might as well do that. You owe that to the team. You owe that to the fans. And if he felt that they weren't responding to Barros Esqueloto anymore, which seemed to be the case, then you've got to go and you've got to make that change. Then you've got to go and do it. And look, AEG, the owners of the Galaxy, can afford to pay Barros Esqueloto and everybody else in 2021 and bring in a new coach. Well, That's can, not can... a big deal. Tell that to part of the people who works for uh, that company, not only on the Galaxy, but in the other... Uh, uh, AEG? The, yes, the other brands that they have that are being paid by hour or that are being cut off in their work, in their hour. In I understand, but it, it's, look, it's, I, I get that. That's, that's a different ballgame. But, no, but, but that's the, the point. Phil, I mean, no, you're wasting, money, can wasting money fighting a but guy. You're not waiting, but you're not wasting you have Phil Anchors can afford this. Phil Anschutz is a multi-billionaire. It's a multi-billionaire. He know, can afford this. This is that. petty cash to him. I'm, hey, so not, when, uh, I'm not arguing that. The thing when, is, it doesn't look good. I mean, you're doing this, what, for the fans? You're doing yeah, it. You're in a competitive, you're in a competitive workers, league. That's what you got to do. You go to win. part of the community. And you have people working all this- for less salary, less hours, but you're willing to throw that money because you want to use... Yeah, that, 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 that's a, diff- right that's a different ballgame. But remember also that the supporters had already started complaining and big time and making a big deal yeah. about how poor this team is being run. And, and so, they got look, throttled they be, in Portland. I mean, that was... I mean, but th- th- this was, exactly. Was I mean, that, that wasn't was a real competition. No, so no, and, and that when you're looking at that team and the money that they spent and spent unwisely, I don't think that Barros Esqueloto is the only one who's going to wind up leaving. I mean, I think Chris Klein has got concerns. Hmm. I mean, I think that Teclose, I think he may wind up being safe. But I think Chris Klein may uh, have some very difficult conversations with uh, Galaxy higher-ups to see what's going on because this has all been on his watch. They've got money to spend. And if it wasn't for Zlatan, they haven't done anything. And Zlatan was the best money that they could have spent. No doubt about it. But Zlatan was like the biggest Band-Aid you ever saw. I mean, he could own Johnson and Johnson for crying out loud because of all, all, the, uh, all the ills and all the bleeding that he stopped just by his mere presence and his uh, way of playing. So 
you know, but they're not going to find another slot down that easily who's going to do that. They need to rebuild that team. That defense, that that whole system. I mean, it's just they, they could bring Zlatan back. Yeah. Or he would still do great. Look, he's burning he's still killing it in Italy. Yeah. Glenn, what were you gonna say? (laughs) I was just I was on the uh, take close call with John, you know, the the Zoom. Just I was just listening in. And you know how you can see the participants if you uh, click on participants on the right. And there was one named Guillermo Barros. Barros. And I so I I I, I texted John, I said, Wow, it's this is really wild. You know, Guillermo is on the video call, you know, just listening to uh, his uh, general manager or sporting director, you know, fighting him, <laughs> talk about why he was fired. I thought that was interesting. I was wondering if he was going to ask a question, but, uh, John, <laughs> but John explained to me there's a writer with the same name. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I find out uh, in, uh, in, the, in the conference call previous to one of the of El Trafico, and this is the LAFC call. And I see the name, as you did, on the participants. <laughs> and I was like, what? And I tried to find out. So Guillermo's listening to what Bob Bradley is saying. <laughs> that would be awesome. fantastic. Like, if two coaches who are really friendly and, and, and close would pull one of those off just for the fun of it, I would love that. It's like sometimes when you see in a basketball game when an opposing player goes into the other team's huddle and yeah. just kind of puts things his head in, <laughs> gets away with it. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that. All right, boys. Uh, any other major topics you want to hit before we bring this one to a well, close? Who's, well, who's going to become the permanent manager at LA Galaxy? I mean, I think that's a pretty significant question here. Oh, they're, they're, going, to look, they're going to look wide and uh, wide and far. But, I mean, you, you'll wind up. Do you have a pick, Glenn? That- we can end on this. Do you have a pick? Galaxy legend uh, Landon Donovan. Imagine Ooh. Landon Donovan being the coach of Jurgen Klisman's son. That's beautiful. Oh, that would be fun. That's beautiful. That's better Especially, than that's better than Barros listening to He's never going uh... to play again. He's going to be, be lucky to be on the bench. I, I think practices would be a lot of fun. But, I mean, it would be – I don't know if um, Landon would give up uh, the, the ownership portion of uh, San Diego uh, of his team because he's not only the coach in San Diego, he's also an owner over there. So uh, I don't know if he would uh, do that. Interesting thing about Landon, though. He put out a big tweet. Team. Did you see the, little, the retweet he put out? No, I did long. It was long and yes. thorough. And I don't know. It, it wasn't like he was lobbying for the job, but it, it, you know, it was, but it still was, you know, he, the galaxy means a lot to him. You know? Yeah, for sure. The, but one thing that he said when he retired is that he didn't think that he wanted to be a professional coach, that he wanted to be a youth coach. And then now here he is being a professional coach in, uh, in San Diego and doing all the right things over there as well, on and off the field, the things that he's been fighting for, for racism and things like that, because there's already been two incidences with this team, including the one with Phoenix Rising. John, any early candidates to keep an eye on? No, there's a lot of names. I don't even want to mention them because it's, it's you know, silly season for the Galaxy seat. Um, but it's, it's all over the place. I mean... The, from Keane to Juan Carlos Osorio, from it's, it's a lot of names, and I don't think that's fair uh, right now. I mean, what Teclo said, and I trust him. I mean, the same way that I gave him the, you know, the benefit of if you don't want to answer the question yeah. in public, it's fine. Uh, I trust him. I mean, they need to see themselves. They need to find out what is the the you know the, the style and the road that they want to take next, and he cannot afford to you know, uh, miss it again. 
he needs to find a manager that is going to last there and that is going to create a real process. So I don't think that he has a name on his head right now. He just probably try to think, what are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What is the kind of football that we want? And then, like Roberto said, the roster. Because to be honest, for the last three, four years, there's probably five players in the roster that are LA Galaxy caliber. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Hey, I and agree. There's, there's other vacancies too. How about... Yeah, you know DC United. That, that's an interesting search. I um, I know one of the people leading that search gave me no information today, so that's the uh, way it's it goes. Well, that's useless. But uh, I know. By, I by the way, the other so team is Atlanta nothing? United. The other <laughs> so, team is So she Uni- said Atlanta. nothing, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> so well, so she I, said actually, there's two. Good. I have two very very close coaching friends who would like to get involved uh, with that program. So I was I did connect with someone to uh, to recommend them, but. Um, uh, yeah, that's what I'll leave it at that. So anyway, just in case it wasn't heard, there are three major vacancies because you have to consider all these three teams major, although D.C. United lately hasn't been. But you have D.C., you have L.A., and you still have Atlanta United. Atlanta, yeah. Yeah. So there's three vacancies right now. There's four coaches gone this season. There's one left if you compare 2018 and 2020. Say that again? Is one Le- one, less one less than one less, the amount yeah. of coaches that were left go in 2019. Oh, okay. Gotcha. This is in Mexico, right? Where in Mexico you get a three-game losing streak and you're, you're done and you're gone. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they're absurd in Mexico uh, how quickly they uh, if you were coaches. If you were a candidate for all three jobs, which one would you want? Atlanta. Atlanta. Would you I'd, say rather, I'd rather I, – I don't – I'm not a big L.A. person. So, like, living in L.A. does, does not uh, turn me on. Atlanta's cool, uh, and, but I just like the support of – That's because the, you went to college down there. No, yeah, well, it'd be nice it's to also not New Jersey. Happens. It's also not New Jersey. So there is <laughs> that. It'd be nice to, it'd be, nice to be a 16 Well, that would only be open to a few jobs, and they'd have to still be centrally located to New York slash New Jersey. <laughs> I mean, you, you've got to, you know, you look, at, you look at all these jobs and the upside of turning them around, especially L.A. and D.C. Now, we're talking about be, those two franchises have nine titles between them, and it's, right. been long, it's been a long time since either of them have won anything. And so you look at that and trying to get, those teams back to glory days seems to be an interesting challenge. And Atlanta is just like wonderful because of everything that's going on there. And you have the support of Arthur Blank. Yeah, who, you gotta, uh, yeah. That's you the know, key there. You know, what wants to win like crazy. I mean, it's the only thing that he focuses on. He's going to give you all the resources to do that. I mean, I think in LA, it's the same thing. I think in DC, everything's conditioned on how cheaply they can do it, which is, you know, it's just sad. I, I, that's one franchise that I wish, They'd get a they'd get a new ownership group. Well, I just think Atlanta, Atlanta has the best academy system out of the three. Uh, their their facil- their training facility is just ridiculous, and it allows the academy. And I know uh, at Dignity Health, you know, you have the same setup, but it allows the academy players and the, and the first team players to mesh, you know, on a really consistent basis, and it allows the coaches to uh, convene, and it's. And then just, yeah, I, you know, the support, you know, you know, you're going to get 40 to 70,000 people at every, at every match. And I don't know, there's a, there's a buzz in Atlanta now. It's a great place to, to live. It's a, 
it's a hot city. And uh, I'm not a big L.A. fan. Now, if you have a uh, franchise in San Diego you want me to coach, I'll go there. No Glenn, problem. how okay. would they pronounce your name if you were the coach there? Where? where? Oh, in- Glenn, Glenn. Glenn Crooks. <laughs> All right. That's a good but note. To- <laughs> the, thing is, the thing is, it's hard to, you know, reach the highs that Tata Martino had there. And it's very, you know, it's soon. It's in the mirror. So. Yeah, it's close by. But okay, so John, if you had, if they said you have all three jobs, same amount of money, which one are you going for? Probably LA Galaxy. Not, not because of the city, not because of the city. It's just because I think that it's that's one of the reasons. I mean, having you know Tata Martino and his process in the back is is just it's too soon to replicate that. While in the Galaxy, you have history, but the last couple of years four years, three years have been really, really not the kind of thing that they could be. And, and Glenn was and you, talking about the academy. They had the school there. So yeah, LA has got a great, I mean, used to have a great academy. It's needs, a great needs, setting. It needs to be rebuilt up again a little bit, yeah. but uh, well, they have a guy, uh, Kevin Hartman, a uh, pretty legendary figure. Goal yeah, in this league. Yes. He's, he's running the academy now. So I think it, it's definitely going in a positive direction. Good. Gato was a good guy. Well, they also have too. they also have Manhattan Beach, which is oh, a good place that. to be. No. So, so nice. yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I would go for LA too. I've got to <laughs> may say, not I'd be I'd East Brunswick, LA. Glenn, but it's pretty nice. Well, I just moved a year ago, so yeah. John, ago. John got a taste of that life too, so he he knows what it's about. All right, nobody wants re- a DC job. You notice that? No, I no. I was waiting. I thought John might come in with a major <laughs> upset and go for DC. The issue is, if you are the DC head coach, you also have to be the overnight security guard. Yeah, exactly. So you got to play oh, double duty. Man, it, I can't. How, I mean, how we should. Everybody's got to read that. Pablo Mauer, the athletic. If you get it, it's just it's a pretty wild story. Yeah. You know, great guy by the way. And not only that, he's like an expert on on uh, on on foreign cars and uh, and repairing cars. Yeah, and all I don't that. care. He's, I care a lot because I love cars, but uh, I've got, maybe I'll bring in my classic one day and all right. yeah, just bring it in, right. bring it in and open the hood. Like when I go into a parking lot, sometimes I see all these cars with their hoods open and these souped up engines and, and, and everybody's sitting around. He's going to invite you to drive around. And at the end of the night, he's, <laughs> you got to sit down and wait for a tow for two hours. <laughs> I told Roberto, I want to dr- ride the way, in this car. I doubt it that he knows how part to drive stick. It's part of the experience. I experience. doubt that Glenn knows how to drive stick. No, no, I do. I, I grew up with a Volkswagen, man. I, I, uh, I had a nice. stick. I grew up a uh, you know, four-speed VW. Every right. car. Every right. car. Right. Okay. Was the last time I like the easy stick? life. Well, the last time. I mean, no car comes with a stick anymore. 4% of all cars in the United States are sold with stick now. That to that level of detail, I know. I don't care. I have a British car, and uh, and it is not a stick. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys can do car cast another either. day. Let's yeah, let's, exactly. let's bring this one home, Roberto. Where can people follow you? I know you're busy doing NFL as well during these times. Uh, I, hey, yeah. we should mention we should mention Roberto did a doubleheader. This is pretty yes, good did. news. He did a doubleheader on Sunday. Did the Jet game. God bless him. And then <laughs> and it, from Florham Park in New Jersey, where they were and doing they have a Mexican game. kicker. And yes, yes, they do, do they? The Jets? Yeah. 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 I don't even Castillo. know that. Yeah. Sergio Great. Castillo. He made his first four kicks. Pichurito. 
Sergio Castillo, by the way, Sergio Castillo is a great story because he was he grew up in La Jolla, Texas, and he was a diehard Chivas fan, adored Osvaldo Sanchez, and was a goalie. Hated American football, and then all of a sudden in high school they needed a kicker, and he said, "Fine, I'll go try out." And he went and he tried out, and they said, "Wow, this guy's got a pretty good leg." <laughs> and uh, then he went on, and he went on to college, and. Um, Tried out for, for the Atlanta Falcons, got wind, wound up getting cut because they had this guy Bryant there who just happens to be, like, amazing. But he went to Canada, and he became an all-star two times in Canada despite the fact that he would, like, play a year, get injured, miss a year, come back, play a year. Guy's got a really, really great story. I'm really happy for him. All right. Well, well it's, it's, right. It's, I'm trying to tell your story, Roberto. Well, Roberto though, yeah, did- sorry. It, you know, he does the Jet game, which is another loss, or 0-8. It's a team I've supported since 1965. I didn't know they had a Mexican place kicker, so forgive me on that. And then uh, and then came, in the, then came in the Yankee Stadium to do the uh, Hudson River Derby. So uh, kudos to Abramowitz for uh, endurance, the endurance broadcast day. Yeah, yes. very cool. Roberto, where can people follow you? It was, I got to say, it was draining, but it was, it was really, really fun. It was fun to, to wind up doing uh, both games. And the thing that really worried me the most was getting over the George Washington Bridge on a Sunday. <laughs> That's always the, the, the nightmare scenario. But uh, got, got there uh, in plenty of time. So that worked out well. So this is a very calm week. I only have uh, the game on Sunday so okay. against Chicago. So I'm quite happy with that. Anyway, people can follow me on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz. They can also follow me on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial, which is my mostly Spanish uh, Facebook page. And I'm on Instagram now. You can see wonderful photos of my kitties on Roberto Abramowitz. That's just easy to find. And we're going to be on at uh, 3.15 next Sunday from uh, our couches. Uh, The game being broadcast from Chicago, so we're all home. And they'll be working with Ariel Judas. You can find us easily at nycfc.com slash radio. And then you can make the tune-in page your favorite. And then you can just go wind up going straight there. Works the same way for English or Spanish. All right, Glenn Crooks. I do the English. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. With Tom and uh, You should Maddie switch. On you should do the Spanish one time and revert to the English. I should try. I, you know, it's... One day I should learn how to speak Spanish. I, I, uh, I, I really should, but I, I'm not going to have time this year. And I'll tell you guys why sometime down the road. What? Can I make one more promo, though? I mean, while we're at this, I had a really, really fun interview with uh, soccer cooligans. And uh, that was shared on the NYCFC uh, page, either on Facebook on YouTube or... Too. Or they're on YouTube, right. They're all on YouTube, but it was shared everywhere. So look up the Soccer Cooligans or NYCFC. And uh, it was really great talking to, uh, to those guys. Uh, Big week for you, well. Roberto. Big huh? week for you. It was. Big it week. Really was. Doubleheader, Jets, New York City FC, Hudson River Derby, Cooligans. Cooligans, yeah. It's Who like knows? working again. It's almost like working again. <laughs> all right, Glenn, finish up so we can wrap. I don't care, say Glenn. Yeah. Uh, next week next week roberto's on jimmy fallon i can't wait man <laughs> so i'm at glenn crooks uh i did uh i spoke to matt miazga today uh love miazga another jersey boy who does well uh in the uh, game of football and uh so talked about so many things including uh he's still on loan with chelsea chelsea's contract runs through 2022 but now he's at anderlecht 
and he's playing for Vincent Company, one of the great center backs, and really in uh, just a huge figure uh, at the central defense in in our game. And uh, we talk about uh, a whole bunch of things. U.S. men's national team. He's uh, expecting to be put in the um, in the camp, which starts next week. And he uh, he's very much in competition with people like Aaron Long. But here's the key. Here's the most interesting thing. As I was looking into Anderlecht a little bit, the starting back four for Anderlecht yesterday when they beat Antwerp, which was a huge win in, in the Belgium top tier, at right back was Michael Amir Murillo. Oh. At right center back was uh, Matt Miazga. At left back was Kamar Lawrence. Three of the four players that started at the back for Anderlecht yesterday, our former Red Bulls. Wow. How wild is that? And they, and they won 1-0. And he said... And by was, the way, who, who else used to play for Anderlecht? Was it... Yeah, it was Anderlecht. Sasha yeah, Kleschen. Sasha Kleschen. Sasha Kleschen. Yeah. 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 Little so, Red Bull, uh, it's a Red Bull train uh, there. Yeah. It's yeah. a little yeah. tunnel. All right. So that, and and uh, the other... On this week... That, so Miazga's next week on my SiriusXM show. And this week, it's Robert Sabiga and Alan Chapman. I talked to two, uh, two of the referees at MLS, pro guys, and... Had a that very interesting chat. So that's coming up this week too. That's being a red card you at any point. I was not. I was not red card. It was rescinded. <laughs> rescinded. Yeah. It was, it was, you know what I? You know what was in my notes, and I didn't ask them. And I, I know Robert like really well. I'm. I'm. I want to call him back and just have him respond to this. Is, and it came up in the game. I don't know if you noticed Keaton Parks in the in the Derby game was fouled in the area in the first half. But he didn't go down. He kept his feet, you know, because he was trying to continue and make the play. And in the second half, Alex Ring got just nicked slightly, and he and he tumbled. He didn't tumble. He just stumbled a little bit. And then uh, Dickerson let the play go, and then he whistled it when New York City didn't, you know, gain good possession. And my comment was to Maddie was that foul was certainly less you know, a foul than the one on Parks in the box. But the whole thing is is that PKs aren't called unless guys go down in the box. It's not just about being fouled. You have to go down. And there's Parks, the kid from Texas, American. You know, he wasn't going down. He was trying to make something happen. And, he, uh, like, Tati, Tati would have flopped like a, you know, yeah. he would have he fallen like a ton of bricks. And probably maybe, they should, the maybe they should make them room on the road when they have to go back on the road to rooming again. But isn't that an important referee question? It's just like, where are you going? The referee will never call that in yeah. the area unless they go down. You need to so VAR I, yourself. So and call sorry, that. I didn't get to that. But we <laughs> talked about Rojas. VAR, handball, all stuff. Goodbye. Good. Well, just a little quick story uh, on the other side of the Sergio Castillo, the, the, the NFL kicker, the Jets kicker, because we have a story like that in uh, MLS, the other way around. Tanner Tisman, the uh, <laughs> SC Dallas player, yeah. he got on a scholarship for Clemson to be a kicker, and he decided to sign a contract with FC Dallas, and he's 19 years old only. So it's the, yeah. other, way, the other way. Yeah. He, uh, he's and, a cool Dabo, kid. Dabo Sweeney said that he made the right decision. Dabo Sweeney, being the coach of Clemson, said that he made the right decision. And, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, no, I'm just saying, but Dabo Sweeney's a pretty big deal. I mean, Clemson uh, was yeah, but the it's a pretty uh, big deal finalist for... last year and champion uh, two years know, one ago. Of, one of the biggest programs in the country, but the it's, yeah. a, it's a big deal for him if he decided that it's a big deal. Sure. All right, Rojas, where can people follow you? <laughs> Smack him. <laughs> Jay Rojas A75, that is on Twitter. Listen, one little thing. Um, if comes December 
and New York City FC goes through that series against um, Tigres, they will face the winner between Olympia and Impact Montreal. Yeah. 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 So if they could get in there, they could could easily get to the final. Yeah. All right. That's counting our chickens before they have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. they beat <laughs> We're just having another sip of your whatever is in that hey, concoction. All wrap right. it now while he's drinking. Go. I know. For Glenn Roberto and John, I'm Tom. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City.